This is a really, really familiar passage of Scripture. Even people that aren't believers know this, this text. And it says this. Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, and he says this. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to read that verse one more time. Read it with me if you don't care. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today I want to speak to you on the subject heaven and earth. Somebody say heaven and earth. One more time, heaven and earth. And earth. Can we give it up for all of our online viewers this morning that are with us too? Come on. Amen. We're glad you're joining us as well. Father, thank you so much for your word. God, let it go in their spirits. Let it go deep the way you've put it in mine. And we'll give you praise and glory for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. 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 So last week we talked about Acts chapter 3, and we talked about the lame man that encountered Peter and John. And what we got from that last week was Jesus got up so we could get up. Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus got up? I'm so glad that he got up that I could get out of my depression. I could get out of suicide. We could get out of addictions. We could get out of all kinds of challenges because Jesus got up. There's nothing we can do of ourselves to get ourselves up. It's only by the grace of God. And I'm thankful for that this morning. And so Jesus not only came to get us up, to save us, to deliver us, to heal us, to make your marriage better, to make your finances better, but he came to restore you. Somebody say restore you. What is he restoring? What's he restoring in my life? Jesus, this is what our series is about, and this this is what I want to dive deep into today. Jesus didn't just come to save you, to get you into heaven one day. But he came to give you back your access to the kingdom of heaven. He came to give you back your access to the kingdom of heaven. You see, God's intention from the very beginning was to make earth look like heaven. Somebody say heaven and earth. God's plan was to always make earth look like heaven. He wanted earth to look like his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Now you may say, Pastor Andrew, I thought God wasn't political. He's very political. Now it's not the politics that you and I talk about. (laughs) It's not Democrat, it's not Republican, it's not Trump, it's not Biden. That's not the politics that God is involved in. He, He wants to be in them, but he's a very political God. He set up a political system for you and I to live in. Did you know that democracy wasn't God's idea? A republic wasn't God's idea? Even though it's great. How many of you love living in in the United States of America where we're free to worship? I'm glad we're free this morning. But it wasn't God's idea. God's idea was a theocracy, which means a government that would be run by God. A theocracy where there was nobody in between himself and his people. Are you with me this morning? So his kingdom isn't defined by elephants and donkeys. It's not defined by Republicans and Democrats 
red or black, left or right. It's not defined by votes or popularity. Because you see, the Bible tells us that he, God, is before all things and by him all things exist. That means you can't vote him in and you can't vote him out. He was here before you were here. He was here before the foundations of the world. He was here before anything you see, which means he is God and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It's the kingdom of heaven. You can't vote him in and you can't vote him out. Aren't you glad for that this morning? I'm glad for that we serve a God that is like that. So what is the kingdom of heaven? The word kingdom simply means the king's domain. The king's domain. Somebody say the king's domain. So the kingdom of heaven is God's governing structure. You see, God is a God of order. Uh Uh-oh. We don't like that word. Order. He's a God of order. He's a God of authority. Anything that is chaotic is not God. I'm going to say that again. Anything that is chaotic is is not from God. Because he is a God of order. Somebody say order. Order. He's a God of order. So if there's something going on in your life and and it's chaotic, you can say that is not God. How do you know this, Andrew? I know because in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that the earth was void. Darkness upon the face of the deep. It was chaos. And what's the Bible say happened? God hovered over the chaos. And brought things into order. He's a God of order. You with me this morning? Nothing he does is chaotic. So his kingdom has a structure that you and I are called to live in. But the problem is, now stay with me. Can I mess with your theology a little bit this morning? Can I mess with your theology? Do I have permission? Good, I have the mic anyway, so I'm going to do it. God did not die for a religion. Jesus did not die for religion. And the problem is, in the church, a lot of people have been saved or born again, but know nothing about his kingdom. They've been born again, but they don't know about his kingdom. Now, stay with me. Don't yell heresy. Don't throw nothing at me. Stay with me for a second, all right? In Scripture, there is only one time that Jesus talks about being born again. And it's in a private conversation with a religious leader. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to be born again because the Bible clearly says in order to enter into the kingdom, you must be born again. But in our churches, All we preach is being born again. Now, I want people to be saved. Here soon, we're going to be doing baptisms. And it's going to be awesome. Come on, you can give it up for that. It's going to be amazing. And I'm believing that all of these seats in here this morning are going to be filled with lost people that need Jesus. Come on. But once we get them in to the kingdom, once we get them in, once they have been born again, It's time to teach them how to live within his kingdom. Because I use this example when I talk about the kingdom. If I invited you over to my house today, I said, come on in the house. 
But I never let you in past the door. I never told you about the brand new trampoline that's in the back that you can jump on. Or the grill that's in the back that you can fry up some steaks. Or or the, the wonderful bathroom you can use. Or the purple mattress that you can sleep in and just, oh, thank you, Jesus, you know. Or, or the kitchen full of food that you can eat. If I didn't tell you about any of that, you would just be in this room and it would be boring. That's what we do in church. We get people in the house, but we don't teach them how to live in the house. We get them in the house. We get them saved. But we do not teach them how to operate in the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus didn't die for you to just go to church and then go to heaven. He didn't. Because if he did, it's, it's a big sacrifice for just that. I know Christians who go through life, maybe you know somebody like this, every week at church, well, the devil's just been hitting me so hard this week. He destroyed my air conditioning in my car. No, he didn't. Come on, can we, can we quit being so spiritual for a second? No, he didn't. Your air just went out because you didn't fix it. Come on. But we, we, we know people that are constantly beat up by the devil. Do you know somebody like that? The devil's always beating me up. Jesus didn't die for you to just get beat up through the week and somehow barely make it into heaven. He did not die for you to barely make it. Jesus gave his life. He gave his blood. He gave it all so that you and I could live a victorious life here and now in his kingdom. Here and now in his kingdom. He gave his life, not just so you could go to heaven, but so you could bring heaven to earth. Somebody say heaven and earth. You have an assignment here in the earth from heaven. Now, I'm going to teach. You ready? You ready? To understand this assignment better, we have to go back to the beginning. In order to understand something, You have to go back to the blueprint, right? So let's go to Genesis chapter 1 today. It's not on the screen. I apologize for that. I didn't give them the the scriptures in advance. That's on me. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. The Bible says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Somebody say dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock and over All the earth and over every creeping thing. How many of you know some creeps? (laughs) That creep on the earth. I know all kinds of creeps just creeping around, you know. So God created man in his... uh, That's one of my really bad pastor jokes. I'm sorry. So God created man in his own image. Now when it says man there, it's not talking about a gender. It's talking about mankind. He created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So first of all, we see that we are made in the image of God. Somebody say image. The words in Hebrew for image are not a physical likeness, but an essential nature. A carbon copy. The characteristics The essence of God. So God created you and I to have his nature. To have his characteristics. 
That's why somebody could come up with this crazy looking shoe that I'm wearing this morning. Because they had an idea in their mind and they put it into reality. They're a creator. They came up with it. These are characteristics of God. You think everything you see just appeared? It first was in the mind of God. And came out. He spoke it into existence. You and I were created in the image. Somebody say the image. That's why the Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. He's calling us back to our original nature. What was our original nature? No sin. I just want to fight Adam and Eve when I get to heaven. Like you messed it up for all of us. I think God will allow that. One sin in heaven. Adam and Can I just give you my, my, my theory? Adam and Eve are going to be right in the gate and everyone gets a good solid punch as they come into heaven. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> but I believe it's going to happen. Come on. Good solid punch. Our original nature was without sin. And that's why God says, be ye holy for I'm holy. Holy is not a dress code. Come on. If you were raised in the places I was, that was a dress code. Holiness. There was a dress code that you wore. That's not what it is. Holy is the word set apart. God says, be set apart because I'm set apart. Ooh, there's no one like me and there should be no one like you. Come on, be set apart because I'm set apart, which means you can't do everything that everyone does and you can't believe the way that everybody else believes because you have been called to be holy, set apart. Ugh. Come on, I could, I could really go on that, but I'm not going to this morning. But I want you to know this morning that you are special. That you are called to something special. You are set apart. Somebody say set apart. So God sets us apart for his purposes. For his agenda. Somebody say agenda. What's his agenda? To understand God's agenda in the earth, we must look at the originals. Who are the originals? Adam and Eve, they're going to get a good punch, remember? <laughs> the originals. So in Genesis 1, we already read 26 and 27. He goes on to say in verse 28, And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply. Look at my team, they're awesome. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion. Somebody say dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So in verse 27, he's saying, I'm making them in my image so that they can have dominion. So that they can be a part of my kingdom. You see, God never made man to be in the earth and struggle. God never made man to be in the earth and experience sickness and disease 
None of that. None of that is in the garden. There's not even a church in the garden. Ouch. There's no church in the garden. There's no religious order. There's no worship songs in the garden. Sorry, Jordan. There's, none of that is in the garden. Because in the garden there was no sin and there was perfect relationship between man and the Father. The Bible says that in the cool of the day that the Spirit of God would come and walk with them. Now, I believe it was Jesus walking with them. That's just my personal belief. It was Jesus walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That phrase in the cool of the day in the Hebrew means the wind of heaven. So he would come to them and they would experience the of heaven. Perfect relationship. Perfect relationship. Now what do we see Jesus doing when he comes back, Pastor Ron? We don't see him talking about religion. We don't see him talking about salvation. We see him talking about the kingdom and how to have relationship with who? The Father. He's teaching us how to go back to Eden. Somebody say back to Eden. Because we were not meant to experience the effects of sin. Like, can I just blow your mind for a second? Your body was created to live forever. Say what? Your body was created to be eternal. But sin showed up. Sin is what brings death, the Bible says, to our mortal bodies. Only sin. Only sin. We were made to live forever, but because of sin, we have taken on a sin nature. Somebody say nature. God never made you to experience that. He never made you to be addicted to anything. Come on. God made you to have dominion. Another word for dominion is rule. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not addicted to a bunch of weird stuff. I'm just addicted to sugar. If you can't tell. I'm addicted to bread. I'm addicted to steak. Come on. I'm addicted to Freddy's cheeseburgers. Is there anybody in the house this morning? I'm the only hungry one. Okay. I'm addicted to in and out burgers. I wish we had them here in Bowling Green. I'm just, I'm addicted to food. But I was not created to be addicted to food. You know what food is? It's literally nourishment to do my assignment. That's it. But because of my sin nature, come on, y'all. Because of my sin nature, stuff that I should be ruling ends up ruling me. Because what does a ruler do? Come on. What does a ruler do? It tells me how far... Something is. A ruler will tell you how far you can go before the limit, right? Stuff in our life does this all the time. Relationships will tell you how far you can go in God. Addictions will tell you how far you can go. 
In fact, addictions will not only tell you how far you will go, they'll tell you where you need to go, who you need to be with, where you spend your money, where you spend your time, because you are being ruled by that thing. Are you with me this morning? Your finances will tell you where you can go. People will tell you how far you can go. But I want to tell you this morning, you were not created to be ruled by anything. You were, get this in your spirit this morning, you were created to rule over everything. Come on. You weren't created to be ruled and to be addicted and to struggle. God made you to have dominion in the earth to rule over everything. Are you glad this morning that you have victory in Christ? Come on. If you are, give him a hand clap of praise in this place. I'm glad. So God wanted man to have authority, dominion, the authority of heaven backing them in the earth. Everybody still with me this morning? He wanted them to have the authority of heaven backing them. That's why we weren't afraid to move down here to start this church. Because a man didn't send me. A person didn't send me. A person didn't say, Andrew, you and Faith should pack up your kids, quit your jobs, go find a house and start a church. A person didn't tell me that. The kingdom did. The king did. The assignment came from the king. Because remember, we're praying. What was the scripture this morning? Your kingdom come, your will be done. The will of God was for us, and we use that phrase all the time, like, I don't know if I'm in God's will. You know? I remember saying it a lot as a teenager with like relationships, right? That was the best breakup line there was. This just isn't God's will. It's the churchy version of it's not it's not you, it's me, you know. I'm sorry, I've just been praying. I've been in intercession on a 30-day fast. And the Lord just said, we got to break this thing off. And that's one of those phrases we just throw around. It's like the kingdom of heaven. We just throw that phrase around like, yeah, I'm in God's kingdom. But we really don't know what it means. And we really don't live it out. I believe one of my assignments here is to teach people how to live in his kingdom. I believe that. Firmly believe that. We were sent here by his will. And that's why I wasn't afraid when we wouldn't have enough money to pay for something. Because I knew a person didn't send me. Heaven did. And when you have heaven's backing, ooh, when you have heaven behind you, no devil in hell can stop you from doing your assignment. When you have heaven behind you, it doesn't matter what the finances look like. It doesn't matter how many empty chairs are in the room. When you have heaven backing you behind you, nothing will be able to stop you. Come on. When you have heaven behind you, finances won't stop it. People won't stop it. Facebook won't stop it. Government can't stop it because I'm not in this world. I have the backing of heaven have the backing of heaven. And so we had heaven's backing. And some of us could get free really quick 
If we would stop worrying about people's opinions and just worry about is heaven behind me? Because doing God's will is not popular, y'all. I remember I was having a conversation with somebody. I told them God told us to do this. They said, you're crazy. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I did not care what they said because heaven was behind me. How quickly we could transform this city if we just got the backing of heaven. If we just got the backing of heaven. Are you with me this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, are you backed by heaven? Are you backed by heaven? And so here we see Adam and Eve. God gives them a command. Be fruitful. Somebody say be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. And have dominion. Let's say it again. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Better have some babies, y'all. Subdue it. (laughs) And have dominion. In the verse prior, he says, I've made them in my image. And I want them to have dominion. And then God gives them the steps to having dominion. Dominion. Because remember, God always wanted earth to look like his kingdom, heaven. Remember, in the garden, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no divorce, none of that. It's the culture of heaven here in the garden. Everybody still with me? Dominion is to take domain for the kingdom. So it was God's plan for Adam and Eve to make the entire earth look like heaven. Now, the problem is they didn't get past the Garden of Eden. But here we see a blueprint that was not only for Adam and Eve, but for you and I. Because now that we have been born again, come on. We've been given access back into his kingdom and the assignment remains the same. It's in the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, not your church. He never said your church come. The church is only the vehicle that God wants to use for his kingdom. The church is just a tool. It's the platform that God wants to get the message of his kingdom out on. The good news of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. That's why I have a problem with gloom and doom preachers. They've obviously not seen the message of the kingdom. I believe in hell. I believe in all that. That's not what I'm saying. But you and I are called to bring people into his kingdom. I'm not here to give you fire insurance. Come on, you know, we're not here handing out get out of hell free cards. We're here to give you access back into his kingdom. So the assignment remains the same. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Dominion is the end result, which means it will look like the thing that sent you. Heaven sent us here, which means 
Bowling Green will eventually look like the culture of heaven. I know that's hard to imagine. Because there's sickness, there's disease, there's addictions. Nothing will be perfect until Jesus comes back. Don't get me wrong. But I believe this house will be a place where addicts are freed, where the sick are healed. Come on. We come from a legacy of miracles. And I believe this will be a house full of miracles. You believe in that with me? Like we're believing for miracle buildings, things that don't make sense. There's a building we're believing for that they're actually opening back up. But you know what? If God wants us to have it, he'll give it to us. Come on. And I don't want a building where we seat thousands of people so I can be popular on social media. That is not the intention. I want Bowling Green to look like heaven. Dominion is the end result. But before there's dominion, if you're taking notes, write this down. There must be fruitfulness. Now, let's break it down like this. Let's say I was Toyota. Then we could just go buy the building. Come on. Let's say I was Toyota. And I said, I want to make Toyota the number one car in Bowling Green. What would I do? First of all, I would start producing cars. You can't get people in cars that aren't real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I imagine myself in a new truck all the time, but I'm not in one yet. <laughs> they would create cars. They would be fruitful. The reason the church has never got to, to dominion is because we've never had fruitfulness. Ouch. Come on. We should be adding people to his church. Right? Fruitfulness. So I would, I would produce a car. And then I would multiply it. I would make so many. I would find out the amount of people that were in the city, which we have over 170,000 people in Warren County. So I would produce that many cars. I would multiply them. Multiply the fruit. And then I'm going to start filling the city with them. I'm going to start selling them. I'm going to get everybody in Bowling Green in a Toyota. Today in Near Church, we're giving away free Toyotas. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Somebody says, do it for me, Lord. Yeah, you get a car and you get a car. Not you, but you get a car. No, it's fine. They would be everywhere, filling the city. At that point, there are so many Toyotas that every other car company has had to move out of the city because they can't sell them anymore. That is dominion. So let's put it in our perspective. Be fruitful. We're going to start getting people to church in relationship with Jesus. And it's going to start a cycle where it's going to begin to multiply Come on, are you with me this morning? Yeah. And eventually there's going to be so many people that this, this room is not going to hold them. Come on, it's coming soon, y'all. I'm declaring it in the name of Jesus. 
that this room is only going to be a starting, a launching pad for near church. We're not going to be in this building long in Jesus' name. We love this place. We're thankful for the Brad. But what God wants to do in this city is bigger than this space. I'm just going to prophesy some stuff in this room. We're going to be fruitful and we're going to start multiplying. And then we're going to fill this city with what God is doing. Come on. Until every demonic power has left this city. Until suicide no longer has a place in this city. Until drugs no longer have a place in this city. Come on. Until there is no more poverty in this city. How many of you would, all, how many of you would like to see a dream center in Bowling Green, Kentucky? I would. I want to see the homeless off the streets. I want to see them fed, clothed, and told about Jesus. Come on. Until every addiction is out of this city. Until poverty is out out of this city. We are going to pray. This is our prayer. This is our mantra. Are you ready for this? In BG as it is in heaven. In BG as it is in heaven. So you may say this morning, I don't know what I'm called to. I don't know what to do. Here's your calling. You're called to bring heaven down to earth. You're called to bring the culture of heaven And it won't happen through one of us, y'all. It will happen when the ecclesia, the church, starts bringing it down. And that's why you will always hear of the culture of heaven in this church. In the culture of heaven, there is no dishonor. In the culture of heaven, there is no laziness. There's only excellence. Come on, I could go all day with that. In the culture of heaven... We do everything for the lost besides sin. We're going to use every single creative avenue to reach people. Come on. And I don't care what religious people have to say. Come on. I don't care. We're here to see a move of God. We're here to see a revival we're here to see lives transformed because I know that Andrew Butler can't change anyone, but his presence can. I can't change anyone. My preaching won't change anyone, but his presence will. His presence will. The kingdom of heaven will. And so today, as we leave, I want you to look at yourself different. I'm not just a person who's barely making it, barely surviving. You are called to have dominion. You are called to rule things. You are called to have authority in the earth. You may say, Andrew, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not either. It's only by the blood of Jesus. But today we have been given access. So don't leave this place today. Looking at yourself the same way you did. You are not just a teacher. You are not just a photographer. You are not just a, a, a maintenance supervisor. You are not just whatever you do. You are an ambassador of heaven. You're an ambassador of heaven. And our call is to bring heaven to earth. And it's, get this y'all, get this. It's more than just this church. 
If we think for a moment that God only wants to use near church, we have stepped into religion and out of his kingdom. I don't get mad when my brothers and sisters' churches are thriving and people are getting saved. That is stupid. I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. Because this thing is not about our church with a little C. It's about the capital C church. That's his kingdom. We are the body of Christ. And today, Jordan, if you'll come, today, God is calling us into fruitfulness to get to dominion.